This is HPDS for Sunday, November 3rd, 2019. Hit it. Welcome to HPDS, your number one source for all things tech news from the good to the bad to the vapor. Joining me as always is one of 10,000 owners of AirPod Pros in San Francisco, California, Mr. Evan Hirsch. How you doing, Evan? Uh, I can't save money at all. I've tried so long and so hard, and I think at this point I'm just ready to give up. I don't think I can do it. I don't have the composure for it. I don't have just the mental resolve to do it. Like, my brain just wants to spend money on shit I'm not going to, like, use or play ever. So, because of this, I'm I'm on my third pair of AirPods in, like, a year and a half. I'm, I was so angry when... Okay, so I want to talk about this. I, I just need to, like, get this off my chest here. Because why? Like, because you got the Gen twos also, like I did. I also purchased the Gen two AirPods. Yeah, so and did I. But it doesn't matter. Literally, we're talking like two or three weeks after the Gen twos came out. Rumors started mm-hmm. circulating. Oh, by the way, these were like just random nothing AirPods, just so they could get like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know wireless yeah. charging off the shelf. I guess. You didn't re- no one really should have bought these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these are like My- these weren't even Gen one and a half. These are like Gen one point two five. These weren't intended they- for anyone to buy them. They are Gen two. They're Gen two, Joe. Like they're they're really good. Um, the Gen and two I aren't coming re- until twenty nineteen. <laughs> this week, this came out in twenty nineteen. This came out this year. You're 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 rectifying things. This these came out in like March. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, we all bought them. I, I got them. Bought a fucking bear. Everyone I know got them, and I'm getting the AirPods Pro now. I'm I'm I could have like gone down to the Apple Store and picked it up, but I didn't because I want my name engraved on it. Because if history is anything. There's going to be a million of these fucking things roaming around the streets. So I'd like to have my name on. I'm so and angry. I'm angry, but I'm also hyped. Um, now, you might be like, Evan, why would you spend $250 on AirPods? And it's because I like basically spend most of my life with AirPods in my ears. I'm either doing things like listening to the leaked version of Kanye's uh, Yandi, which is significantly better than the garbage he put out, or I'm listening to podcasts. And when I do that, right, like it, the most convenient headphones are the ones that you have with you all the time. I have my Sony uh, MX 1000 M3s or whatever the fuck they're called. And they're amazing, but I keep them in my backpack. They're big and huge, and they're really not convenient at all for me to like use every day. They're great for traveling. They're great for like long sessions, and I want to watch a movie, but like. For almost everything else, for like work, for just walking around, for talking, for listening to shit, I have AirPods in because they're in my back pocket. It's been an everyday carry since like I first got the things like a year and a half ago, maybe two years. Yeah, a year and a half ago, I'd say. Honestly, Evan and I have built a brand out of taking phone calls on AirPods. 
Oh, what do you mean? First off, I was I was first to this shit. <laughs> so don't don't fucking like rewrite history. I was you the might original have been first, but I I am the master. I'm the king of taking phone calls on AirPods and making people think I'm talking to them. So I know. Don't even My, go oh, there. Joe, you think that's bad? We're gonna start doing texting now, like on AirPods. So do you know that earlier when I was when I was texting you, I was just playing Destiny and like because of iOS 13.2, it was just announcing the messages that you sent. Like I wasn't reading anything. I was just in fucking crucible. <laughs> like, I and and it was just like because I didn't even remember I didn't I totally forgot that that's how it works and my watch was charging and I was just like oh shit and I was just like telling you know what's her next she who shall not be named as I glance around the room to my thirteen things that would activate if I said her name. We um, are truly living in the worst timeline. <laughs> no, well, I mean I like fucking jumped into the worst timeline. Goddamn ass first. Like this is my fault. Speaking but, of the worst timeline, I've spent yeah. the weekend examining a an, an entire streaming service that launched with only four TV shows. Yeah, and I would like you to tell me about it because I thought to my well, so here's the thing. I got an iPhone 11, so I get this for free for a year. Um, an 11 pro, but like, I get this for free for a year and I'm like, Hmm, there's four shows on it and I don't care about any of them. Yeah. So, see, I don't get this free for a year cause I haven't purchased an Apple product in a while and I might mm -hmm. actually have to rectify this. Uh, what are you going to get? I, I don't know. What but the I'm fuck feel, are you going to get? There's I'm really nothing to get. I don't know. I own everything. <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem is you own everything. I own everything. Like what I'm the feel fuck? Am the I withdrawals, buy? Evan. <laughs> I've been I know an Apple product in I'm, so long. I might have to actually buy a home pod. Ironically, I think it's very ironic for the fact that our show is Home Pod Defense Squad. I don't think either of us have actually used a home pod before. I was in uh I was in Best Buy today <laughs> and they had yeah. open box home pods for like two hundred dollars. I genuinely I, I genuinely considered it for a brief See, I, every like, time i consider it just for this show i honestly consider it too because like for 200 dollars, it's a pretty fucking good speaker the problem with it is a it only works with airplay which is like okay yeah i don't expect the thing to work with fucking google cast and hell like maybe bluetooth would be nice maybe a fucking aux cable would be okay like either of those things just to be like if you have an android phone you can play music like, you don't even have to, like, throw them a goddamn ladder. Just a fucking rope. Like, but they don't even do that. Like, it's literally nothing. And I'm like, I can go over to the left and buy a Sonos One for literally, like, the same money that does that has fucking Alexa in it, right? That, that also has AirPlay 2. And, like, sounds basically about as good. Yeah. So, like, why? Um, but, like... For, is, does it still work no. with Spotify yet? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> then why the fuck would I buy it? Don't you have Apple <laughs> oh, Music? Anyways, Apple TV. Talk to me about Apple TV Plus. All right, what is let's this talk about thing Apple that has TV been Plus. foisted upon me? So I signed up for the seven-day free trial, and I have been... Uh, well, I basically felt the need to use it because i'm only going to have it for seven days and i had to pretty much figure out if i wanted to pay for it or not because i'm gonna have to pay for it if i'm gonna keep using it 
So mm. I started where literally everybody else in the universe started, and that was with The Morning Show with Jennifer yep. Aniston and Steve Carell. And how was that? So let's start with what critics are saying. Critics did not like this. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. So I, I'm not entirely certain. All right. So I guess I can kind of see why they might not like this. Especially if they only saw the first two episodes, which is what I think they saw. I think Apple only released the first two episodes. I watched the first three episodes. Okay. And I will say that I am a fan. Uh, This is... At first, I'm like, okay, so this is a really slow burn show. This is like... Jennifer Aniston is... Not on the rise, but she's fighting for her job. And this is Steve mm-hmm. Carell's like slow. This is like Steve Carell's slow descent reveal the character for what he is. Like the the show mm-hmm. the show opens. And this isn't a spoiler because the the setup of the show is that. Steve Carell is fired from the show because for sexual misconduct reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Jennifer Aniston's character is fighting to maintain her position. Steve Carell's character is dealing with this fallout. And so mm-hmm. at first you're like, well, wait a minute, but like they're focusing so much on Steve Carell's character. Why are they doing that? And they're making him almost like an amiable character and there for the first two episodes there's this weird slow burn and then it kind of unfolds in a way where you're like oh oh mm-hmm. and there's this descent thing that goes on and i think i think if you stick around especially to episode three it unfolds and you you definitely get it I, but I I, okay. I, I, uh, I don't want to say too much more because there's a lot going on there. And then it, and uh, question around episode three, it does pick up a lot. Question. Around episode two, actually, it starts to pick up a lot. Here's my here's my question, Joe. Yeah. Uh, how is Apple TV as a service? Is it good? All right. So here's the thing about Apple TV. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so, it's not the uh the shows so far that i have witnessed have been broadly mm-hmm. speaking uh pretty good the service has been not so good <laughs> see that's what i expected the opposite i expected like at the very least everything's going to be technically sound because like apple has made a streaming service before they're not Nintendo. They know how to make an internet connection work. Uh, so, like, w- what's the problem exactly with it? Well, okay. So that's the thing is like, if if that's if that's like your if if Nintendo is your point of comparison, then yeah, this is like a solid. This is like a solid thing. But mm-hmm. the other problem is that they definitely steered directly into that apple tv idea that they had initially or that they pitched initially which was everything in one spot there's no Mm -hmm. distinction between everything everything is just 
no lines. There's there's no mm-hmm. there's there's no parsing between everything. It's all just a slurry of TV shows. You don't worry where anything is, right? Right. right. I, I guess you could say it's like an open border TV show now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, uh, which <laughs> in theory is awesome, unless. <laughs> All you want to do is find literally those four TV shows, which are the only yeah. thing on your streaming service. Yes. So, and let's also back up a second, because I actually had to go a second step. Because now for people like you, when you signed up for Apple TV Plus, I would assume you got, let's say, a notification, a little toast notification on your phone or whatever. Hey, sign, activate your Apple TV Plus account. Press here, right? Mm, yes. Right. Okay. That's probably all you had to do, right? Mm, Press the toast. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was it. Okay. So I had to actually go to the site. What? Well, because, you know, I... So, you go in, you go to the Apple TV Plus service, and for whatever reason, I guess my uh, account payment information hadn't been updated in a while, and I chose to do it online, because I was already at my desktop at the time. Mm -hmm. Fine. Easy enough. Right. Well... (laughs) Their website didn't work. Okay. So this is we learned that a it doesn't recognize uh certain cards that I know are associated with my account mm-hmm. versus other cards that are also associated with my account. Mm-hmm. And it also was just remarkably slow. (laughs) It took forever. That's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame. Oh, well. I I mean, I'm not really super hyped for Apple TV+. Um, I mean, I'm hyped for it because I have it for free. So, sure, I'll get some free shows. Whatever. Um, Now... The plus side, but yeah, (laughs) plus side. Yeah. Okay. So when you are eventually able to find Apple TV plus, they do have a section. You have to go into the Apple TV app. You have to go to the TV section. You have to scroll all the way down to a designated Apple TV like bar and select Mm -hmm. Apple TV. And it takes you into an Apple TV area where it's all Apple TV shows. So you've got like, what's that, four or five button presses before you can actually get to all Apple TV content. Okay, so it's kind of reminding me of how they handle channels. Is it basically handled as a channel? Yes. Okay, that's not terrible, but also it's not really great. They need to handle channels better. Yeah, it's it's also not how I would handle like my premiere content that I've been pushing for 60 yeah. days. I gotcha. Oh, Although well, <laughs> they are. They are. Pushing the shows pretty hard on the front page. 
So you can find mm-hmm. most of the stuff, but if you're looking for one in particular, so like you might Dickinson. be looking Yeah, like you can't find Dickinson on the front page for whatever reason. And mm, whatever by way, reason. By the way, Dickinson is my jam. Uh I know it's your jam. You are Joe, you literally look like you look like my fucking English teacher from high school. Like that is your that is your aesthetic. Your aesthetic is like you 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 were you were born and you were just like I'm going to tell you all about the Scarlet Letter. <laughs> what students? What do you think the Scarlet Letter represents? Um, so when you told me that you enjoyed Dickinson, I was like, yeah, of fucking course you do. But um, yeah, I never I never told you that I think your aesthetic is is English professor, but. <laughs> That's remarkably accurate. Uh, <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. I've only known you for four, like five fucking years. So like, yeah, it is accurate. It should be. Oh, well. But anyways, we should maybe move on to actual technology news. Yeah. So quick wrap up. Uh, Apple yeah. TV Plus. Very good. Remarkably good content. I'm actually very surprised. Um, yeah. The morning show is good. Dickinson is my new favorite show right now, actually. Probably. Well, then you obviously haven't seen Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh oh, wait, is Mrs. Maisel back? Is... My, Maisel, well, I forget. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think it's coming back in like a month. Okay. But like, well, yeah, that's, that's not honestly right now. of all the what of all the original shows that are like existing. That's probably like one of the best made. Well, Marvelous Internet Mrs. Maisel shows. isn't airing right now. Then is it? Joe, everything is airing right now. We are in a we are in a fucking age where information is constantly bombarding our goddamn brains. There's no tomorrow. There's no future. Uh, there's no past. Everything is now, Joe. Whatever. Everything. I is like now. Dickinson better than I like Watchmen. All right, Edge has a new logo. Uh, Go fuck off and die. <laughs> Edge has a new logo, <laughs> and My- we have to talk about this later. Edge has a new logo. So what's going on with Microsoft Edge, Joe? Microsoft unveiled a new Edge logo, and it doesn't look like the Internet Explorer logo anymore, and that means that old people won't be able to find their their web browsers. Joe, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Old people do not have a constantly updated Windows 10 distribution. As someone who's worked fixing PCs for three years, I can tell you right now that old people are still on Vista. Actually, that's that's fair. Slash slash Windows 7, and they have taken their computers to an IT shop where the person switched them to Firefox a long time ago. And you're like... I don't think that's going to be the issue. I'm happy about Edge because now this means that Edge actually has the ability to compete with Chrome because it's no longer dragging down the baggage that it previously had. Like, thank God for that. Yeah, this is this is like definitely a really good thing for them. Uh, Like, alongside logo, alongside the fact that uh, it's moving to a Chromium engine. This is oh yeah. This is huge. Like this allows the, from, them to from, fully shed like the Internet Explorer tradition and move forward into a new era of like being an actual workable browser that someone well, might use someday. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest and say that like previously Edge was 
fine. Like it was, I wouldn't say Edge was any worse than Firefox was or Safari is. Like the problem is just that Chromium dominates the whole world. Like as a as a as like a framework and everything, right? The problem is there's really no room for other like browser rendering engines anymore. Well, like that's, very little. Yeah, that's true. From a user standpoint, there was nothing wrong with the Edge browser. Uh, from a there was nothing stand, wrong from the from a developer standpoint, everything was wrong with the Edge browser. Like it was a nightmare. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And on, so I I was using the Dev Preview over the summer because one I needed a good browser to use on my work computer, and also because Chrome doesn't have Active Directory support uh, with Microsoft Work accounts. Which shocker! I had one of those, and so uh, I was using the Edge Dev Build over the summer. What? Chrome doesn't have AD support. No, it doesn't, Joe. Oh my god. Um, yeah, so uh, I it was great. The thing the thing with the Edge that threw me off though is so like if you've used Edge before, you know that you download extensions from the Windows Store. In the Edge Dev browser, it didn't actually work with previous Edge extensions from the Windows Store. In fact, you actually had to go to the Chrome store to download extensions <laughs> because it literally is Chrome. It is Chromium. <laughs> So the new Edge isn't just, oh man, it's using Chrome's rendering engine and rah, rah, rah. It's like, it's literally Chrome. You can use any fucking Chrome extension. I will say it's not literally Chrome. Uh, oh, you're going to talk about like the few things that they didn't include now. You're really going to get like, I, I'm, from, I'm not gonna, I'm from not a gonna... user standpoint, it's Chrome. From, from a user's, okay, again, from a user's standpoint, it is Chrome. It is a fork of the Chromium engine. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. They, I don't want to get into... All right, you know what? Let's get into the weeds. Fuck it. What do they change? I, I, I'm not going to get into the weeds on this. <laughs> Honestly, get into the weeds with me because I do web development. <laughs> so. No, because I haven't, I haven't been on the up and up and on, on this because the, okay, yeah, so. the last time I checked in on this fork was literally like immediately yeah. after they announced this project so it's honestly though it, it was pretty great when i used it the difference being that the, the default pro like the thing i hope is i i if i had to i would like to see actual competition in the browser market because i from what i've used the default privacy settings on the new edge are significantly better than the default privacy settings in chrome so i hope that this works out um also it's nice that like now, essentially, like all Windows computers come default with a Chrome browser. Like that's a big deal. Um, like that, whatever little sh percentage share of the the market that like Edge had before, they're going to be fine now. And like the only re so well, I, I think this is going to be happening more consistently. And what's going to happen is at the end of the day, like browsers are going to be nothing more than just ecosystem plugins for Chromium. Like, are you in the Google ecosystem? Do you want your Google bookmarks synced, or do you want your Microsoft one synced? Who knows? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, that's that's basically it. I mean, the the only contender out there is, uh, is Mozilla, and Mozilla is kind of off doing its own weird fucking thing, where it's like we're not gonna advertise on the internet. They're off. They're 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 off building like open exhibits in San Francisco on Market Street where I can get like slightly drunk and talk to Dieter Bone about fucking window management. That's like which you know to be game. completely honest, I'm okay with this, <laughs> but um, it's yeah. I don't know. I don't. 
I don't really know what they're going to end up doing because right now, as far as far as I'm aware, there's now only like three major browser rendering engines now. There, there's like fucking there's whatever Safari uses, which is like either WebKit Gecko. or Blink. Gecko, I forget what the fuck it's called. Or that um, might be their JavaScript engine. Whatever. Okay, I think it, I think it's probably WebKit or whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> Blank Kit is like Apple's thing. Then there's Firefox, and then there's everything else, which runs on Chromium. Opera runs on Chromium. Chrome runs on Chromium. No shit. And now Edge runs on Chromium. And every and it, Chrome, the difference between Chromium is yeah, Chromium's like a whole fucking thing. It's pretty cool. Um, but anyways, I'm excited to hear about this at the very least because now, like, hope now we just I, I think the security stuff on it's a little bit better. Yeah, Edge so had a lot of baggage, and I think Edge this had a lot of baggage is important. Now, anyways, next up, Joe, we've got another story that I want to talk about. Mostly yes. because when I told when I messaged you about this story, you had the completely wrong take, and this I just is, murdered you on it. This is the wackiest story. Okay, so this is the wildest. It's so story, fucking cool. Not just of the week, but of like this month, last month. The month prior to that, like <laughs> this is one of the biggest tech stories of the, I'd say the past quarter. Yeah. Oh, which easily. is which is funny because it happened at the end of the quarter. So Twitter came out, uh, or Jack Dorsey just got up on October thirtieth, and he announced that starting in November, Twitter will ban all political advertising. Right. That's it. Like that's absolutely. Yeah. There will be. Here, here's the tweet. We've made the decision mm-hmm. to stop all political advertising on Twitter globally. We believe political yes. message reach should be earned, not bought. And then he goes mm-hmm. on to discuss it in the rest of the thread, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, and then this just is, Zuck with a winky face. I mean, yeah, he's it, it, he's just like dropping his pants and rubbing it what, on what a, Facebook HQ's window. Like what a what a what a great guy. I hope I like accidentally spot him in like the lobby of the building again. <laughs> but um yeah, this is really a super fucking smart move for a lot of reasons. One, I, I think the biggest thing that this does, right? So Twitter 0.1% of Twitter's advertising revenue or just Twitter's revenue overall is from political ads. This is a very, 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 very small thing they have to sacrifice. And what are they getting sacrificing it? Well, now they get a fucking social network that is no longer part of one of the greatest scandals in American political history. I'd say it's a win. And like, end of the day, um, they, they get to really, really like pull themselves away out of the PR nightmare disaster that is social networking right now. Because it is a PR nightmare disaster. So, so people are talking about self-serve ads constantly. Micro-targeting is absolutely horrible. I just, I was just at a talk where, um, I, where I heard some pretty smart people talking about exactly what micro-targeting of ads has like done to our democracy at multiple points. They brought up some really interesting points. They said one thing because, like, you know, I did, I never really thought about it this way, but essentially, micro-targeting, basically, uh, what is it? Um, micro-targeting uh, allows you to essentially have different conversations with different people at the same time right so like you're allowed to have millions of different conversations with millions of different people across the country at the same time and we're really not sure what effect this has on politics at all so it's like yeah shut it down fucking obviously uh the thing is facebook hasn't done that yet 
One of the best parts, Joe, I don't know if you know about this. Do you know when he did this tweet? No. He did this tweet five minutes into Facebook's earning call. (laughs) Oh, that's spectacular. Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. Oh, Jackie. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's a time. Um, the, the thing is that I think this is a really smart move. I hope Facebook makes the right decision and does the same thing, but I, I'm not really holding my breath for them to, I wouldn't, yeah, um, I wouldn't hold your breath. Yeah. I mean, really the only other major company that has this issue is Facebook, right? Like it was Twitter and Facebook, well, but Twitter self-serve is the only platform other, isn't as big. Facebook is effectively the only other player in this game right now. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's other there's other self-serve ads, but like they don't really serve that purpose. Like Instagram, I don't think does political ads. I think the, at most they do like future failed Kickstarters and like clothes. The only um, other players in this game are playing catch up in terms of micro-targeting they're not leading the micro-targeting fight twitter and i mean Facebook i don't even twitter's there in micro-targeting yeah twitter twitter wasn't really doing nearly as well facebook was the mar- micro-targeting master and like now they here's the thing is now they essentially have to like defend this for facebook it's 0.5 percent of their revenue again incredibly fucking small especially with how well their portal division's doing. You'd expect them to, you know, just write that off. But Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good, that was a good joke. But um, they, they really have to defend this now. Um, they either have to defend this or they have to make the right decision. And I know that, um, so a few things from what I've heard from just journalists and vice versa. I've heard things such as Facebook essentially is internally, right? They are, um, con- they, they, there are high level people in Facebook, talk- which that's like, I would hope that happens, Could you, you know, because I think that's the right move. If you just say you're allowed to advertise on our network pol- political ads, but you, you're just, you just have to give us one thing and we'll just throw that to everyone. We can't micro target. You can target maybe a specific state, but you can't get, like, they would just limit control. Which, if they did that, honestly, I would be okay with it. I'm totally fine with, like, political ads existing. I'm just not okay with political ads, like, targeting specific, small, tiny demographics. It's crazy. Yeah, so what you're saying is Um, if they turned off micro-targeting, then... I yeah, like uh, let's put it this way. I don't think I don't think Facebook's my advertisement service right should have more granularity than like a television ad does for politics. Right, right. Like I don't I don't think I need to see an ad for the Iowa caucus, but like, um, I I don't think that like, you know, I don't think that people should be making like one slightly like racy fuck I don't fucking play to like one group of voters. Because the rest of us can't really audit it as much. You don't and need to Facebook's see tools a, are garbage. ad targeting to break up Apple because the HomePod something something. The HomePod's selling too well. It's dominated the smart speaker <laughs> market. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, so like, yeah, that's that's what I'd say is 
Facebook doing the right move. Because like Facebook's whole thing is free speech. That's what they really, that's the hill they've decided to die on, right? Is freedom of speech, which is a pretty fucking stupid hill. Um, because they've already, because someone's like, I'd like to test your hill, he says. I'm going to run on a platform that I should be allowed to lie on Facebook, and I'm going to spend ad money to lie, to, to say lies on Facebook because I'm a politician. And then Mark Zuckerberg's like, no. Well, <laughs> and that was the is, end of, and that was the end of that policy. Facebook is already like, Facebook is already like bit the bullet on that policy. They're like, in order to, it was literally the most like, absurdest fucking quote i'd ever read in my life but they're like in order to in order in order to better encourage freedom of speech we won't be fact checking politicians or whatever in their fucking ads great okay (laughs) zuck wants to die on this free speech hill and i think the free speech hill right is honestly i get it like i understand the appeal of freedom of speech i i like I get, the, I get the concept, right? And I know why it's important, and I know why it's good. And his reasoning is that, hey, if someone lies, we should have an audit of their lies so that people can detect that they're a liar. The problem is that's not how it currently works. How it currently works is that politicians can do very selective lies to people who they think can believe them, right? So there isn't a public audit of all their lies. Because they're only they're they're doing a different lie to every ten fucking people. There's so many goddamn lies. No one's gonna be able to keep up with it, right? The problem is because they can't they can't do one consistent message. If they take away the micro targeting, then maybe there would actually be that public audit, that public dialogue. But right now, we don't fucking have it. The problem is the concept of a lie has become subjective now. Like yeah, the, the truth is no longer singular. No, no right, one. Kojima. <laughs> Everyone Sorry. lives within their own reality bubble at this point. Wherein I'm loading up the MGS2 soundtrack. One. I'm loading up the MGS2 soundtrack. Let's go. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, the, no, it's it, it's kind of half true, right? Like, and the problem with this again is that because there is no consistent like like i follow trump's twitter i follow trump's twitter because i like to see every single message he tweets and the messages that he tweets are not messages meant for me very obviously they are messages meant for people who who like him and um and the thing with that though is i get to see the messages that he's seeing to, sending to his supporters he is not going to advertise to me there's a reason he doesn't advertise to me it's because I'm I'm a tech worker on the and who who lives in California. <laughs> I do, so I, it's very unlikely that I'm going to be like the smartest use of his money. Um but fucking uh I don't know. Like that's what I, I think the public log is is a smart thing. I think that there's also something else that people don't realize, which is that even though these posts are sponsored, right? You essentially, how it used to be was like, you can just sponsor a tweet. And what that'll do is that'll just post that tweet to different like timelines, right? But you can essentially create a sponsored post that isn't a real tweet that doesn't appear to people. I've done this before. It was pretty funny. I gave Twitter $20 to basically 
push a tweet into people's timelines that says, hi, I, my name is Evan, and I put this tweet here just to annoy you. Doesn't that make you mad? <laughs> and it, it got, like, hundreds of likes and people yelling at me. But, like, um, but, like that's, that's the problem. Is like, $20. I mean, honestly, it fucking was great. But um, <laughs> the, the, um, the thing is that, like, you can't, I don't really delete my old tweets yet. And like, you can't go on my timeline and find this tweet because it, it's not a real tweet. That auditing doesn't exist. And like, so I don't know. Though I think the way to do it is just my, ban micro-targeting, make it so that you can only pr- promote existing public posts. Simple as that. I think that's the way that Facebook can basically get out of the pickle that Dorsey threw them. Because Dorsey basically made it tough for them to continue their current position. So I think there's going to be something that's going to change within the next six months. Yeah, without a doubt. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I hope so. Because um, I think there's just going to be mounting pressure from inside the company until it does. Well, without a doubt, uh, Facebook needs to respond. I, I think there's, oh, yeah. there's no doubt there. All right. So no moving on to our next story. Google, yes. or rather the parent company of Google, good old mm-hmm. Alphabet, has made a purchase. Yes. They, they cracked did. open the old piggy bank, sorted out the change inside, and they bought, bought Pebble. They bought... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Pebble Magnum Eric... confirmed coming holidays 2020. Eric Mitragowski, you're back, boy. You've done it. <laughs> Your plan... Your crazy plan has worked, and you're ready to go to compete with the Apple Watch. Throw your Apple Watches to the wind, boy. The pebble is returning. Eric, you've been playing the long game, and you've succeeded. Your division has now been sold to Google, where you can help take down the Apple Watch, your arch enemy, for once and for all. You can do it. I believe in you. (laughs) But actually, uh, Google just bought Fitbit. For $2.1 billion. Holy crap. Which is actually a surprisingly high valuation for Fitbit. Like, I wouldn't expect it to be, like, that much more over a billion. Um, well, I guess the, they sell hardware. Well, like, here's the what? thing about Fitbit is, like, they don't just sell, like... Fitbit is one of the, Fitbit is one of those really unique tech companies that doesn't just sell, like, one device. And they don't yeah. and they don't just sell like one device and then sell some upgrades. They seem mm-hmm. to sell like the device and then occasionally they'll sell like just the same device again and sometimes again. I've noticed yeah. this over and over and over again in a lot of people. Like a yeah. lot of people own two or three of the same Fitbit. See, the thing is, I don't even know, like <laughs> what the um so for for reference pebble is a smartwatch that kind of triggered the whole smartwatch boom back in like 2012 they were basically the most funded technology kickstarter at the time and they broke a bunch of records by basically building what was the first good usable smartwatch um it kind of exploded it was sold in best buy for a while and apple came along and murdered them and it's a shame because the Pebble still has a lot of features which modern smartwatches don't have. It had a fucking e-paper display, which basically meant that the thing looked great in sunlight and lasted a whole week on a charge. 
worked with iOS and Android pretty damn well. Um, but Apple's integration with the iPhone ultimately killed it on the I, on the iOS side. And um, what happened was basically they were just unable to compete, and Fitbit swallowed their software side whole with um, like leaving the hardware brand. Um, so Pebble basically died, was swallowed by Fitbit, and Fitbit was like, "We want to start making smartwatches." So they kind of did. Um, they make what is currently probably the best dual OS alternative to the Apple Watch. I think the Versa is the one that was made by the Pebble team, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, unlike Pebbles, these things have touchscreens. Uh, but I would say the I, Fitbit I, I, is probably the most... It, it, it's got to be the most popular smartwatch yeah. out there that's not the Apple Watch. It's also like its own like fitness ecosystem. Like So many things have been tied up in like both the major companies' ecosystems, like Apple Fit and Google Fit and Samsung Fit, but like Fitbit's its own cross-platform thing that's worked with everything so far. So it was kind of this weird independent thing. Um, it kind of existed in limbo for a bit, but the problem is that they had they they didn't really have a great user retention rate. A lot of people bought a Fitbit and just didn't use it. So it's just like a gym membership, right? <laughs> Um, where you buy it being like, I'm going to work out if I get this thing. And then you don't. It's not like I just wasted $200 buying a gym membership a month and a half ago saying I was going to go work out after work. And now I feel like I'm overweight. But um, the the thing is that like this was the best competitor to the Apple Watch. And Google now owns it. So what's going to happen? Is Android Wear? It's fucking Wear OS now. Is a Wear OS, which is basically Android Wear, let's be honest. Is it going to become good now? Is Fitbit going to be merged into Google Fit? What's going to happen? I think my prediction is I think Google learned from the whole Nest fiasco that they can't really leave these companies as separate entities for too long, and they need to merge the brands quick. Because if they don't merge the brands quick, then that's just not really going to work. Yeah, so, I I would say that the I would say Fitbit needs to be brought under the Google umbrella really fast. I think it needs to. I think Fitbit has always been sort of the Android alternative, and I think Google's goal here is going to be make it truly the Android alternative and turn it not just into a hey, this is your fitness watch. Turn it into the, hey, this is going to be not just your fitness watch. This is going to be your Google watch. This is going to be your Android watch. This is going to be your Wear OS watch. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I, I think you're right. I think this is going to have to be pulled under the Google umbrella really fast. And Pixel Watch. I mean, we were, we were talking yeah. about the Pixel Pebble earlier, but yeah, Pixel Pebble might not be um, too far off. I mean, oh man, if honestly, like, I genuinely like was so excited about this news, and I'm like, if they just bring back the Pebble and make it like an Android first watch, I'd be so fucking screwed because I'd want to sell my iPhone. <laughs> like, honestly, well, actually, that's a lie. Uh, the Pixel Force disappointing enough that I really don't want to sell my iPhone 11 Pro, <laughs> but um. Like, I want to see some real, I want to see Pebble emerge just because 
Pebble was like the most wholesome technology company. They were like the most wholesome hardware company of the past 10 years. They made just such a cool, nice, friendly product that just like helped you out so much. And I loved it. And it was really cool. And it was just so like nice and pleasant to use. What I want to see. And then Apple came in and murdered it. What I want to see is A, I want to see some legitimate competition in the watch space. And I want to see some legitimate like thinking outside the box in terms of UX in the watch space because i really i do enjoy what uh what watch os does and what apple does with the apple watch but i think there's a lot more that could be done and i think that material design and google's sort of unique take on the way users interact with devices is Mm -hmm. going to be really valuable here and i'm really google already has they do with it Google already has a great idea of how a watch should fundamentally work, which they got to significantly before Apple did, which their idea of how a watch should work is just get the fuck out of your way, um, which is very simple, similar to how Pebble's idea of, Like Apple was actually, Apple is known for creating minimalist product, right? But like in terms of the watch, they created the most maximalist smartwatch, period. Um, it does everything. It has a fucking photo viewer. Why do you want to view photos on your fucking watch? You don't, it's like, they just put a bunch of shit on your watch and they're just like, and I was like, what's the use case for this? And they're like, we'll figure that out later. And like, there's the thing with the Apple Watch is it's still great in spite of the fact that it's loaded with a bunch of shit I don't use. Not Apple because watch. of it. Scope creep, the device. It literally is scope creep. Like they just added so much shit and then they've just been chopping away at it ever since. Remember digital touch? Oh my god. Digital touch, buddy. It's the future of how we're going to communicate. The button on the right side brings you to a wheel of 10 people that you can digital touch and send your heartbeat to. Let's, because this is the use case for our watch. All right, let's let's not talk about this. Right, but like going going onwards, um I don't want to talk Google's about whole digital thing. Touch. Digital touch, boy. But Google's What? Sure. No. Hey, Google, stop. Oh, fuck. I swear to God. What the fuck just happened there? All right, so... um, But, like, okay. But uh, the way that Google's whole thing works with Android was we are going to essentially take what the Google Assistant has done with, like, cards, and that is essentially figure out what you need to see at what point and then just create a timeline of those things that you swipe through. And that was how Pebble worked. Pebble like didn't really have a great interface their first go around. But in their twilight years, they redid their whole UI and created a thing called the timeline, which is probably still the best concept for a watch interface ever. Yeah, the, whole, the whole idea of the timeline was simple. It was in on a watch, time is time is the analogy for how you interact with things. So time should be the analogy through which your inner, your, your information is delivered. So basically what they had was they had the, the pebble doesn't have like a touchscreen. It has two buttons up and down and select. When you hit the up button from the home screen, you would go back in your timeline. And when you hit the down button from your home screen, you would go forward. So you could see what's, so if you hit the down button from your home screen, it would show you your calendar and stuff that's coming up tomorrow and things you have to go to. And if you hit the back button, like the up button, it would show you like all your previous stuff that's happened and all your previous notifications. And it worked great. 
and no one's figured out how to do that since. Pebble yeah. did it. There are watch faces on so like there are watch faces on the Apple Watch that try to mimic that but don't do a very Siri. good job. Yeah, Siri is yeah. the only one that comes close to that, and it's why I use the Siri watch face. But it, I can't. It it yeah. it doesn't it doesn't quite it doesn't quite get no. there. Anyway, it's really funny how like no fucking watch manufacturer has come close to the user interface delivered by a watch that had three fucking buttons on it, a black and white screen. <laughs> like, come on. No one has figured out that we just want to look at our calendar. <laughs> yeah, no one's, no one's figured out that I just want to see what's going on. Like, yeah. when I look at my watch, I don't want to, like, do crazy shit. I just want to When I look at my watch, what, I want my, my time life. and I want my schedule. Thank you. Okay, yeah, moving on. It's what... Moving on. Amazon is confusing, and let's talk about why. So Amazon right. has added a, yet another perk to its ever-bloated fucking Prime membership program, in case you weren't confused enough. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm disoriented. Are you disoriented? Yep. All right. So, well, let's get disoriented um, more, because... So sure. were you paying for Amazon Fresh? No. Okay, you are using Amazon Prime now, right? Yeah. So okay, okay well, here's let's, the let's, let's... here's the good news. You don't have to ever pay for Amazon Fresh because Amazon <laughs> Fresh is now going to be a free benefit for all Prime members. But right, wait, but Amazon Prime. <laughs> Amazon Prime now already was. Hold on. Because <laughs> now we have to figure out you and me. Yeah, what the difference is between Amazon Prime now and yep. Amazon Fresh? <laughs> so, all right, let me. So, before the show, Joe was talking about how how Amazon. Oh, he's like, oh, Evan, you get your groceries delivered through Amazon, and I'm like, that I do, Joe, because I live in a city and I don't have a car right now, so I do that. He's like, well, you don't have to pay for it anymore. Additionally, it's part of Prime now. And I'm like, Joe, what the fuck are you talking about? What is this Catherine bullshit? It's always been a part of Prime. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? So I look into it, and I just discover that there's this whole other service called Amazon Fresh, which does the same thing, and you have to pay for it extra? <laughs> so so I'm what wondering, I'm wondering... All right, here let's let let's let's go over this. All right, so what? first of all, Amazon yeah. Prime, yes. Amazon Prime now is included in your Prime, right? So you you don't have to pay for it on yes. top of Prime. But Amazon Fresh is fifteen dollars a month, but it's also really only in like metro areas, right? Okay, right. But- so you're already limited. You're you're already limited. But Prime now is in like fucking random places all over the nation. Mm-hmm. Yes! Yes! Uh, Now, hold on. (laughs) Hold on. Amazon Prime Now will deliver fresh foods directly from Whole Foods markets. Uh, But it'll also deliver from Amazon Fulfillment Centers. And it'll also deliver from other local grocers and restaurants depending on your location. Amazon Fresh. Down. Oh, okay. Amazon Fresh, which costs fifteen dollars a month, only delivers from 
fulfillment centers doesn't <laughs> deliver from Whole Foods markets. <laughs> oh no, my cousin! <laughs> so there's this whole other group. I think what happened is Amazon forgot to shut the fucking service off. <laughs> like, like it, it's kind of like how like the original Google Plus Hangouts is probably like lurking in the background somewhere. Like, Amazon <laughs> Fresh has just been around forever, and I'm not really sure what the point of it was. Like, I've been using Prime now this whole time to get stuff delivered from Whole Foods. Whole Foods is pretty good. They've got 365. They have awesome cereal bars. But like Amazon. Evan, is your theory that somewhere out there there's just seven point four million dollars worth of Google Cloud servers spinning, just running <laughs> Google Plus? <laughs> that yeah, no, with no end no, no, point, no, no, no. no one can hit it if they're just running. <laughs> I think I think there's I think there's just people at Google who are just kind of bored. <laughs> just charging just charging Google for electrical. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, I, no, not Google Plus. I think it's like specifically Google Hangout is just sitting somewhere. Oh, just Google and Hangouts. there's like 10 people who still use it. And those 10 people have figured out the exploit in order to get it to keep working. No, see, I like to imagine that when they shut off, uh, when they shut off Google Plus, they just deactivated the endpoint so that no one could hit it. But nobody mm -hmm. ever spun down the server. Oh my god. So somebody somewhere out there there's just like seven point four million dollars worth of Google Cloud instances. <laughs> Amazing. In a warehouse somewhere. Just Uh yeah, fucking oh man. <sighs> and someday some Amazon, intern Amazon. Is, some intern's gonna be like, yo, what if I just fuck? That's a lot of money we just saved. Yup. <laughs> it's a great time. Um, but yeah, I think it's hilarious that this exists and I didn't know about it. I think most people don't know about it because what the fuck is the point? I So, all right. Hold on. All right. I'm going to keep going through this. So, no. Amazon Prime now offers same-day delivery within two hours. Yes. Amazon yes. Fresh offers same-day and next-day delivery. Wait, what? Okay, so you can get no, next no, no. Day Amazon, Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime now also offers next day delivery. Amazon, Amazon Fresh. Uh, so what's the point of <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Fresh has to offer one thing that Amazon Prime now doesn't. It literally doesn't. <laughs> All right, hang on a second. What? I. I'm I'm just going. I can't find anything in here. <laughs> yeah, it's because it doesn't fucking exist, dude. Hold on, wait a minute. Is Amazon Fresh even an app? I'm just looking through Consumer Reports, looking for something. There isn't even an Amazon Fresh app. There's an Amazon Prime Now app, but there's no Amazon Fresh app. Oh my god! Wow. Whoa! Absolutely incredible, Joe. Hi. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> oh, the exact oh. same service. This is like HBO Go and HBO Now, but a thousand times worse. This is HBO Now and HBO Max. Wait, no, no, no. This is this is HBO Go and HBO Now, 
except mm -hmm. you get both for free, but you can optionally pay for one if you want. Yeah. It's, it's like if you it's like if you have it's like if you have HBO Go for free and you just pay for HBO now, even though it's literally the same content. Like I it's whatever. Um but oh well. Anyways, Amazon is a mystery to us all. Um when the fuck is Amazon uh I can't wait for Amazon's first game engine developed game, Star Citizen, to release. Thanks, Amazon. Anyways, thanks, hey, Amazon, for releasing Star Citizen. Yes, Joe? Do you remember the Samsung Galaxy Fold? Um, no, my therapist took care of that. Why, what's going on? Well, so did you, did you ever look at the Samsung Galaxy Fold and think, golly gee whiz, uh, so I sure do love that this thing folds, but what if it folded more, less like a hot dog and more like a hamburger? Well, Joe, I'm, I'm very into making lots of jokes about buns, so I, I'd like to entertain this thought. Continue. Well, if you were the head of Samsung's framework R&D group, then you mm -hmm. might have just got on stage at Samsung's developer conference and inexplicably done an entire fucking presentation about that entire concept, and no one would have possibly understood why you would have bothered doing this. Isn't the Moto Razor doing this? I think also, so. Like, also, isn't like... All right. All they did was move the hinge. <laughs> Let me let me just let me ask you something, Joe. Why? What's the point of a folding smartphone like this? Like I understand the point of the other folding smartphone, which is small phone get bigger. But I don't understand. Like there, okay, there's two types of folding smartphones, right? There's one where you have a small phone screen that unfolds into a very large tablet-like phone screen, to which means you have a portable tablet in your pocket. That is very cool. However, big phone gets smaller. Well, I don't understand. My 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 pocket can fit my phone just fine. Well, and most pockets have adapted. Here's what I'm thinking. Yes. If this were to go beyond the concept stage, it would have to mm -hmm. be an absurdly skinny phone. And it right. would have to have no crease. And it would also whole... have to not break. <laughs> Exactly, because the whole yeah. concept would have to be based around pocket space. That's the only mm -hmm. reason something like this would exist. It would be a normal-sized yeah. phone, and its whole selling point would be reclaim your pocket. And I don't yeah. know why you would want this. And also, I don't know why you would make an entire presentation based on this, because you didn't do anything. They didn't... They didn't improve the hinge. They, they mm -hmm. didn't improve anything technologically about the phone. They moved yeah. the hinge. This is yeah, not, and it's this is not groundbreaking. I, I, like the, my thing about the Galaxy Fold is, I love to laugh at it as like a technological failure, but like as a design concept, it's fucking phenomenal. 
Um, and I think like they did the right thing, which is basically build a phone that makes you think about when you actually use it, which like I'm so into the concept of a Galaxy Fold and the way that it's currently executed. Yeah, I like, don't understand what the point of this is. I, I'm, ge- I'm genuinely aggravated with Samsung for mm-hmm. wasting everyone's time and making them sit down for this. <laughs> A new form factor for foldable smartphones. I, I like how Samsung is now just making like elevator pitches to tech journalists. And like, all it's just a clamshell phone. Like, it's a clamshell phone. No, they they took the clamshell like, phone. They extended the screen to the bottom half, and they blew it up. No, um, let me let me explain to you how uh, how a modern Samsung conference would go. If it was like if modern Samsung was announcing the iPhone back in 2007, they'd be like a phone, an iPod, an internet communicator, and everybody would applaud and they would be like, "Anyways, that's just some idea that I had." Here's the iPod Nano three. Like, like, are you gonna make a product? (laughs) Like, don't just like sit down and like just pitch to us just wacky concepts like like if if you're going to show us a concept phone show us a concept phone just don't be like hey this is a thing that's possible and we'd be like we know yeah that did it that's the other thing if you're going to show us a concept phone show us like a wild concept phone don't show us like a thing you could ship tomorrow yeah like well I don't think they could ship that tomorrow. I don't even, think they could ship the Galaxy Fold tomorrow. I was going to say, they couldn't even ship the Galaxy Fold. So, like... so, I mean, you know, if we're being honest, it, this is a crazy wild-off concept phone for Samsung. Um, but also, I'm going to be honest, you killed the hype for folding phones. Like, ever... You... Uh, who's excited for a folding phone anymore? I don't think I am. I don't think anyone I fucking know is. Like, remember how folding phones are all the rage and the Galaxy Fold, like, continued to happen for 10 months? Like, a man consistently falling downstairs, injuring a different bone as he goes down every flight? Like, and, like at a certain point, I'm just kind of like, hmm, maybe I am excited for the iPhone 11. People <laughs> are more trepidatious about the Galaxy Fold than they are about getting in line at Popeye's. <laughs> because they're like, God, if I get in line at Popeye's and I get to the front of that fucking 20 car line and they're out of those goddamn chicken sandwiches again i am just going to barrel off this bridge i mean honestly not a terrible plan um i did that today i got in line at the popeyes well you know it beats homophobia so like the that was that was a chick-fil-a joke Chick-fil-A was mentioned on Kanye's new album, Jesus is King. I'm still mad about that. I didn't even have Cajun fries. Ugh, ridiculous, Joe. Ridiculous. Um, wait, is there a Popeye's in Rochester? Yes, by the Coles. I don't know where the fuck Coles is. I need to go outside. (laughs) Fucking. All right, let's do, let's do, uh, let's do the new, let's do our new segment. Our new segment. Our new I'm really excited about our new segment. segment. Our what are we calling it? Uh, what are we calling it, Evan? We're calling it iChat. <laughs> 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 
It's called iChat. Where we read it's called... messages. Messages. We messages read messages from our uh, from our beloved listeners. All right. Slide into our. If you want to get on iChat, make sure to slide into our DMs at HomePod Squad on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter, congratulations on you for being a functional, normal human being. Sign up and get a Twitter and be as just as depraved and depressed as the rest of us. And then message us. We'll answer your question on this very segment. Anyways, Joe, All what right. questions are there this week? First one is from uh, at Net Control. For Evan, you have said before that to reach peak success, esports must start to model itself after traditional sports. Does this yeah. include a full shift franchising? If so, what measures could be taken to still allow grassroots tournaments to be successful and smaller independent orgs to still have a shot at the largest tournaments? Or um, is this the yeah. death of both of those as a good thing for esports? Um, um, so I'm going to limit this to about a minute or two because I can talk about this forever <laughs> for those who don't know. I have opinions on this. When Joe said, at, when I when I told Joe that I'm like, oh, we have a question that's really good. In fact, it's too good. He's like, what do you mean by that? And he looks at he's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. Because I, I can go like, on about this, this forever. This is just your joke. This is just this is just for you. This is what I this is what I think about when I'm home and alone. Um, I just think about this all the time. But anyway, so I'll do, I'll be very quick. Uh, franchising is good for esports because traditional people like a team and it's cool if that doesn't change ever. Um, it's okay if grassroots orgs and events die because consistency is better than uh, inconsistency for casual fans. Casual fans buy shit more, watch shit more frequently than play. More money in the ecosystem is better. Blah, blah, blah. Honestly, I, I thought I'd have more to go on about it, but I want to keep it super short. Um, basically consistency is better than inconsistency. Uh, we can build farm systems that are consistent. Just look at every single major sport that exists. Um, franchising is better overall, blah, blah, blah. Just because of that. Um, cities are really just a preferential thing. Ties to identity better, quicker and easier for someone who's a casual fan to just quickly pick a team and buy their merch and become a fan of their shit. Um, than like just having a bunch of ethereal brands that are all targeting that person at the same time. Just works out. That's it. <laughs> like, um, that's really my thing. I love grassroots shit, but at a certain point, like, you got you as a league have to grow up, and that's okay. That's fine. You're allowed to do this, um, and that that that's totally fine if it means Phase Clan isn't going to like win the top prize. Whatever. I have a lot of opinions. But yeah, that's that's really my my esports thing for the week, I guess. Yeah, I I mean, I basically have the same opinion. Like, I've been wanting to get into soccer for the longest time, and basically the only thing I know about soccer is that New York has a team, and literally that's the only thing I need to know about soccer is that New York has a team. First so, off, like two things: New York has two teams, one team significantly better than the other, and that team is called New York City Football Club. They play at a Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. And they just got to semifinals. That's Fuck you, the Trevor. The Red Bulls suck. New York City Football Club is literally the only team I know about. I don't need to know yeah, about the other Yeah, because I wear team. their shit all the time. I don't need to know about the other team. They don't matter. Yeah, it's because the other the but other team sucks, man. I'm going to be a fucking NYCFC season ticket holder. Fuck, <laughs> it's going to happen, man. 
I'm, I'm waiting for their new stadium, which will never come. But, but like, whatever. That's, that, that's the point. Is like, if 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 you know that your if if you know that your region has a team, that's all you need to know to get started, or to intend to get started anyway. Uh, Timo Penguin, why is near dead? Yeah, I'm back. Anyways, yeah. So no, you're you're right. Exactly. Just that it, it's just such an easy start point that like there's literally no like reason to ever 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 just jump in and be like i don't know who to support because the second that you have someone to support you grow attachment to that and that's it it's simple it's easy like i already have an attachment to a call of duty team i don't give a shit about call of duty like <laughs> and it's like like i can tell you right now that in like the past year and a half porter has bought more merchandise for like a fucking for for overwatch than league of legends like esports he doesn't even play overwatch <laughs> he doesn't like it's, but he he bought that because he already has more attachment to like fusion than like clg i mean there's obvious reasons clg is not good but like that's something else oh well all right timo penguin why is near dead oh man all right okay buddy Let's talk about Nier. So Nier is, was PlayStation's response, and I talked to you about this last week, Joe. Nier is PlayStation's oh, that's response. That's right. It's it's the uh, it's the Street Pass <laughs> response. Yeah. So did you? So my favorite thing was that the Vita, the PlayStation Vita, the world's greatest and most successful video game system of all time. Yeah. So uh, the 3DS had a thing called Street Pass, where if it's you, so good, if you passed each other on the street, you oh. would like basically ping each other's machines and exchange little goodies and stuff or like swap little trophies in street fighter yeah. and like or most little, importantly little puzzle pieces puzzle pieces puzzle pieces were the most <laughs> important part puzzle pieces are so cool because if you got the puzzle totally done you got like a 3d diorama of the puzzle it was so fucking sick exactly actually not gonna lie um the best game for that whole thing was absolutely the fucking ghost house one. Oh yeah. <laughs> the ghost house one was ghost great. House. But near the ghost house RPG one. That one, I'm pretty sure that either that game or the fucking warrior one was made by the guys who did mystery dungeons. But tell us about um, near. So Sony was developing this thing called the NGP, which stands for next generation portable way back before the 3DS was announced. 3DS comes out with this cool street pass feature and they're like, fuck, our hardware is already done. We don't have this, but we need something. So they created Near. The idea of Near is when you connect to a Wi-Fi point, it, sent, it pings your location to other people who've also connected to Wi-Fi points in that area. And you just exchange gifts with the people who are kind of around you on a map. There's about like maybe four games that were compatible with this, including Uncharted, Golden Abyss, the greatest entry of the Uncharted franchise. And um, yeah, the story is the person who asked this question was someone who I tagged on near back at PAX Prime 2012, about like seven years ago. And we haven't <laughs> met since, and we've just kept it as an in-joke ever since. Okay. And yeah, near is bad. <laughs> and the last one is a super in one. Uh, but oh. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it. Is the Java's logo oh. problematic? What the fuck? I didn't see this in the DMs. <laughs> Wait. 
I don't like this question. This is too in. The answer is no, but for some fucking reason, <laughs> calling calling a shot of espresso inside a regular cup of coffee hot cocaine was too problematic for our school's administration. So that had to be removed and it had to be changed to an all-nighter, which is so much fucking worse than hot cocaine. I still call it hot cocaine and all the baristas understand me. I, they always will. Because it's right. I'm gonna I'm gonna start a campaign against the Chavez logo. Alright. Shut the fuck up, Joe. I will murder you. If you'd like to send in your iChats, you can slide into our dms at homepod squad mm-hmm. you can also follow evan on twitter at evan extreme you can follow myself on twitter at pitpith that's p-i-t-h-p-i-f-t-h you could email the show at homepoddefensequad at gmail.com and of course our website is zune.rocks all right that's all i got yeah. anything else same all right we will see you guys next week Oh, 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 I'm an outro. <laughs>